Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 351 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is our Weekender edition, and if my memory has not failed me completely, this is the Weekender number 50. So, (laughs) (laughs) yep. So that means when it comes out, it'll be called the Weekender L. (laughs) So for what that's worth, uh... The fiftieth one of these done, well, fiftieth one that we've done of these on uh, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, where we talk about upcoming events, open source things, distributions you can try, things to engage your next couple of weekends along with the fun stuff in life, including food and booze and all that makes life worth living. And the hosts that are going to be hanging out with you and telling you all about that kind of stuff are we. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And as we usually do on the weekender, we start off with this weekend in amateur radio, and we hit some of the upcoming contests over the next fortnight, and Bill is going to tell you what some of those are. Yeah, and as always, we get the contest from contestcalendar.com, so check out that if you want to find out all the contests that are going on that possibly could be listed and possibly more. Um, but uh, this weekend, we got a got a big one here. We got the AWRL June VHF contest. Uh, it's from 1800 Zulu June uh, 13th to 0259 Zulu June 15th, and mode is all modes, band is 50 megahertz and up. So get your socially distance approved rover on or just operate from home. I'm going to start a petition <laughs> at change.org <laughs> to stop people from saying social distancing. I want okay. them to say physical distancing. physical distancing, not social distancing. Okay, fine, fine. Well, you have to socially distance yourself. No, I'm you just don't. Trying to com- keep compatible with uh you know the mainstream no, media so i don't uh yeah, you know, exactly i no, don't fall off on one of these radar things for people it's it's <laughs> the term that's been said since the very beginning but if yes, you really if you really wrong. think about it yeah, you don't no, want people to wrong. socially distance you want them to physically distance so oh otherwise another thing suicide because they're all alone uh, right well the thing about like the huntsville ham pest and stuff i'm going on a tangent here because i feel like i, yeah, I, can. I, I figured yeah it was where we were headed yeah <laughs> it's right in the middle contest season here we yeah, go yeah here we go <laughs> so the huntsville ham fest has been canceled along with lots of other events that were supposed to happen this year and probably many more will be as well so my question is, the CDC has all these guidelines, state governors and state uh, agencies have guidelines. There's all kinds of guidelines. And believe me when I say this, I'm not casting aspersions on the people who are doing it, but there are all sorts of protests going on right now. So no one's saying, hey, how come no one's physically distancing in all these protests? 
or anything else that seems to be going on right now. And yet people are still canceling ham fests. I mean, it seems like if you can do one, you can do the other, right? We should have a ham fest as a protest and then there you have it, right? Because it'll be socially approved. And uh, as long as we we have. Just don't have it at Hera Arena because that would be all bad. (laughs) Don't try and combine the words protest and ham fest because then you're going to have a pro fest. -fest. (laughs) Or a ham test. A pro fest. A ham test. Right. I think we call that the LHS protest ham or pro fest ham test. Our hey. ham test pro fest. There you there go. You go. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see if uh, if the uh, COVID picks up here in the next couple of weeks with uh, so many people getting together and uh, spending some time fighting for causes. So there you go. But anyway, let's get back to the contest. Yes. So if you have six meters, which most people do on their HF rigs now, you should play in this contest. Even if you don't do VHF, you should do six meters. You can just run that as your only band. Get on the air. This is E-season. Six meters should be hopping. There's no reason why you can't get on the air with six meters. So get on the air with six meters and have fun in this contest. It's a great one to do. Uh, we also have the uh, GACW, WWSA, lots of letters, uh, CWDX contest, which is going on from 1500 Zulu June 13th to 1500 Zulu uh, June 14th. The mode, of course, is CW, and the bands are 80 through 10, no work. And this is the Grupo Argentina de Radio Telegrafia is sponsoring this event. The contest is called the Worldwide South America, the WWSA, because of because of we would like this must be a bad Google Translate because of we would like to mean a competition between South America and the rest of the world. It's a name and acronym are in English with the aim of world projection. So this means they want you to participate in their contest. So get on the old uh, CW band uh, between 80 and 10. Can you use CW uh, in Chinglish? (laughs) All your bass are belonging to us. CW is generally always in English. uh, So uh, enjoy, have fun. It should be an easy, fun contest. There are no state QSO parties this weekend, so you have no excuse. Get on the VHF or on the C-dubs and have some good times. Uh, next weekend, we have the All-Asian DX contest, and that one is running from 0 Zulu June 20th to 2400 Zulu June 21st. And the ba- uh, that's a CW contest as well. I don't know why I picked all CW contests here. Uh, the bands are 80 through 10 to work. Uh, multipliers here are based on the WPX rules, the prefix rules of unique prefixes per band. So if you get all the uh, Asian uh, prefixes, you get those uh, every time per band. So you get a multiplier on top of your contacts. So although you should work as many contacts as possible, you know, the prefixes are your multipliers. So, you know, take the prefixes times the number of contacts. <laughs> prefixes are good. So uh, keep or, or let prefixes. your excellent contest software take care of that for you. Absolutely. It'll handle it all absolutely for you. But uh, yeah, point your, uh, Point your beams out west and, uh, well, maybe north for some people, uh, and have a good time on this contest in uh, two weeks. And uh, in two weeks, there also is a state party QSO going on. This is the West Virginia QSO party. So uh, welcome to the state QSO party challenge there, West Virginia, and we'll see you in a couple weekends. So are you going <laughs> so to be working the DX contests over the South Pole? 
<laughs> over the South Pole. Because uh, <laughs> you can't work anything over the North Pole. So. I can hit JAs from here because it's just, it's just, uh. Yeah, but that's just, West. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, like North of that, no way I can't hit it. <laughs> but I might be able to get some, uh, you know, Southeast Asia and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if I can get some of that. Well, he's working DX contests using long path. There we yeah, go. long path. I'm going to try to do this the hard way. Point, <laughs> point my beam through the rocks and see if it works. Anyway. <laughs> Just right through the center of the earth. See if you can get. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Point straight down, right? That's what it is. Just cut off the antenna and just use the ground. <laughs> it changes the meaning of terrestrial propagation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So moving on, we have some special events in the amateur radio world coming up. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, we have Iowa State Parks on the air. I guess there's more than one of these, but I picked one in particular, uh, the Cedar Rock event. This is going to be running only on June 14th from 1500 to 1900 Zulu. Call sign for this special event is KC0RMS. That's Kilo Charlie Zero, Romeo, Mike, Sierra. Frequencies will be 7240 and 14240. Modes will be single sideband. And you can get a certificate in QSL from the Lowell Walter residence by the famed architect Frank Lloyd Wright. Resident li- residence lies on a limestone bluff overlooking the Wapsipinicon River near Quasquiton in Buchanan County. Who knew that Iowa had all of these weird places? <laughs> it's all the Native Americans naming things. Yeah, well. Cedar Rock is one of nine Wright-designed res- residences in Iowa, and you can get a certificate for five different parks during this event. The links will be in the show notes. We also have the Wapafda 50th anniversary. This is operating from June 16th through the 30th, uh, apparently all day long and all night long, uh, which I doubt, but you might be able to hear them over the next uh, couple of weeks. All night long. <laughs> oh, dancing on the steam. <laughs> Calls uh, for this one are Whiskey 3 Whiskey. Frequencies will be 3.85, 725, and 14.25, obviously single sideband. The Western Pennsylvania Field Day Association, WAPAFTA, is a community resource group comprised of a small number of federal communications commissions, licensed amateur radio operators dedicated to providing volunteer disaster preparedness and emergency public communication services throughout the Western Pennsylvania area. This year marks our 50th anniversary. This also marks our 50th year of participation in the AWRL Field Day exercise. As such, we will be using the special event call sign Whiskey 3 Whiskey as an attempt to contact as many other stations as we can from June 16th through the Field Day exercise. Stations contacting us can also request a special confirmation QSL card as part of our anniversary celebration. So there you go. And yeah, actually, it's uh, just just slightly too far out to mention Field Day. It'll be in it'll be in the next one. But remember, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, and finally, we have the Crescent City Fireball anniversary, and this has nothing to do with the whiskey. Fireball. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> We're already there. Now, when when LHS has our fireball <laughs> celebration and special event, it will have something to do with the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, it means something completely different. <laughs> right. Uh, this will be operating from January 19th through the 22nd, 1300 to 0100 Zulu Daily. Call sign is Whiskey 9 Charlie. They'll be operating on 705-728-1405-1428-CWNSSB. The event will recall the huge Crescent City Fireball. Q Pitbull. That occurred on Father's Day, June 21st, 1970, 50 whole years ago. 
The tragic event happened during the early morning hours when the small town's peace was shattered. A certificate to be returned by email may be requested by sending an email to November 9 Tango Kilo at Comcast.net. To receive a printed certificate and QSL card, please send a self-addressed stamp 9 by 12 envelope with 3 ounces postage attached. A link to information on the anniversary celebration or commemoration will be in the show notes, and that link has links to information all about the Crescent City Fireball. So that sounds kind of interesting, actually. I'd kind of like to have a certificate from uh, from the Fireball celebration. <laughs> okay. But anyway. Only if it comes with a bottle of whiskey. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, they should definitely uh, work on some marketing. Yeah, I think there's a lost opportunity there. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, a certain distillery should open up in a certain place. <laughs> or have a you know truck there or something. Yeah, uh... yeah exactly. Yeah. Hey, a mobile fireball truck. That's <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome to see like all these mobile like uh like the Wiener Mobile followed by the Fireball Mobile by the <laughs> 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 Look, my my wiener's on fire. <laughs> All right, let's oh, move on. <laughs> well, you did see where the the wiener mobile wrecked and caught on fire, right? <laughs> I was thinking that exact thing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that actually happened. No, it has thinking. actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Bill's got an announcement about Hackaday. Yeah, Hackaday U is coming. Coming. Yeah, get on the list. Uh, we, this is an email I received uh, earlier today, and it says, We've been dropping big hints about our newest initiative, Hackaday U. It's uh, super exciting to announce that our first round of classes will launch this month. Who is this for? It's for everyone, no matter what level you are. And we really want you to be part of it. So if you haven't got the email, they don't want you. They want me. <laughs> <laughs> Academia classes run for four weeks each with a weekly online video and a weekly live office hour. Instructors will be available in the office hour to help you help get your questions answered. Some classes and workshops will be ready for registration within the next week and offer uh, on a pay as you wish basis. So interesting. Uh, if you would like to heads up when the tickets become available, here's a sign up form. The first round of classes we plan to offer include uh, reverse engineering with Jidra. Uh, Jidra? Sure. Why not? Uh, basic electrical theory, tiny machine learning, and KiCad plus FreeCAD. So I know somebody was asking about KiCad not too long uh, ago. Yeah. Tony uh, uh, K4XSS is really trying to get into KiCad right now. So that might be useful to him. Yeah, so for meetups and general hardware entertainment at home, the Hackaday calendar is updated regularly with Love Hackaday. So uh take a look at the Hackaday site. I was trying to find links specifically <laughs> on their website, and I couldn't find them specifically. So I expect those probably to appear shortly since, uh, obviously, the emails just came out uh, not too uh, well. Not on the day you were going to hear this, but on the day that we're recording this, it came out. <laughs> so yeah. if, uh, if that changes between now and then, like uh, I'll put the links in the show notes so you'll have it in the show notes. Otherwise, just uh, check out Hackaday. We mention it quite often. We get quite a few stories from Hackaday. So, so uh, yeah, check it out. Sounds, uh, sounds pretty cool that they're going to have classes available there. Yeah, it does sound interesting, and I'm looking forward to that. I hope I get that email at some point. So, moving on, we have a Linux in the Hamshack Ham Radio Challenge for this fortnight, and I put in here, since AWRL's field day is coming up, and we are having field day, since it can be done in a physically distancing, safe COVID-19 sort of way, that 
you should prepare for a LLS field day, whether that means planning for the physical distancing of an on-site location at field day, whether your club is doing something or there's an organization that you're going to participate in or do some preparation that will get you ready to operate as a single op station from your home. You know, you can operate as a one Delta, one echo, something like that, or even a one alpha. If you're crazy enough to fire up a generator or something or operate solar and QRP or some craziness. Well, they uh, did, uh, did change the rules on that, too. We'll probably talk about it when we yeah, have a field next, day next time when we talk about field day, for sure. Yeah, so if you're running just at home now, you can actually work other stations at home and get points for it. But where before they weren't, they were just checkpoints. Right. <laughs> so you had to run emergency power at home in order for anything to count. So uh, that's kind of cool to uh, to be able to do that. So if you just want to sit on your butt in your chair at home <laughs> with your AC turned on and the AC plugged into your radio, you're going to be uh, all set for field day this time. I'm, I might actually get crazy and pull out one of the generators and actually operate emergency power because I can. echo. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I can do it. Uh, yeah, because then you can use permanent antennas. But you might actually, because you... Do you have that tower trailer there? So you yeah. might well, be able I to won't, do though. one alpha. The, the oh, tower no, trailer. Oh, they that's want it right. back. Yeah. They're going to get it back. That's when they get it back for field day. So. Ah, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you'll be one echo then. <laughs> Un- unless they actually have the field day here, which they, they oh. might. Um, uh, no, they, they've already scheduled to have it in Springfield or something. Well, okay. Well, then they, they're getting their trailer back and they'll have to do something else, but <laughs> we'll figure it well, out. Well, I assume they're, they, they said they were having it in Springfield. That may change because of social distancing rules. Right. Quote, yeah, unquote. Know. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But anyway, I'm actually kind of looking forward to getting the damn trailer out of my yard. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice, but it's kind yeah. of a pain in the butt. I, I haven't really used it all that much because I don't have a tuner for it. I mean, I do have a tuner for it, but I don't feel like hooking it up. And, you know, it's only 10 through 20, which is not super useful for me. And I've been doing mostly digital work anyway. So, all right. Anyway, moving on, we are going to move into this weekend in open source. And there's a distribution you can try i'm pretty sure we've mentioned this distribution before probably uh, yeah i was trying to look for something not recent (laughs) and of course you know you get what you get it's uh uh the the distribution we're talking about this week is devuan and uh looks like the last time we talked about it was in episode 236 so there you go so this is we're like it's, a long it's been a while. Way. Yeah, we're a long way away from that. So we can we can recycle this content. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a interesting system because if you hate System D, you're gonna love uh, love this because it's. Oh, uh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah it still operates yeah. on SysV in it. So yeah, so this is the uh, the fork, and this is a Debian GNU Linux. It's a fork of Debian without System D that allows users to reclaim control, <laughs> reclaim control over their system by avoiding unnecessary entanglements and ensuring init freedom. Yes, you need to have that init freedom. Current stable version is uh, named a Beowulf, uh, version 3.0.0. Hey, look, it's not a version based on years. How about that? Uh, it's based on Debian Buster 10.4 with Linux kernel 4.19. The support uh, is for, uh, let's see, they have a P- PowerPC for, for 64. In addition to the existing i386, AMD64, ARMtel, oh, sorry, ARML, <laughs> and ARMHF, and ARM64 architectures. Uh, 
a run it optional alternative. Is that, is that our unit? Yeah, I think it's our unit. Our unit optional alternative of, uh, SBIN init, open RC, uh, optional alternative to sysvrc service and run level control standalone daemons of eu dev and e login d to replace the aspects of the monolithic uh, system d and new boot uh, display manager and desktop the theming theming the theming <laughs> it's amazing the stuff we copy directly off of the website it's <laughs> like oh you know i really should read the stuff that we copy and paste sometimes but <laughs> I, I I save that fun for our listeners because it is just as fun for us to ramble through it. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, so check out Debian if you haven't. Um, I should probably try to make a put Linux on there, put uh, uh, the Ham Radio Pure Blend on there, and see how well it works. I'm sure it'll work beautifully. But uh, yeah, there you go. There's something to try out in this uh, fortnight. Very good. And moving on to some open source events, I'm basically going to recycle from the last one, but I'm doing that because they are now actually coming up. They will actually be within the scope of this weekender. So uh, the first one we have is OpenJS World. It's from June 23rd to 24th. It's, of course, virtual. These are all virtual. Uh, OpenJS Foundation's annual event brings together the JavaScript and web ecosystem, including Node.js, Electron, AMP, and more. Learn and engage with leaders deploying innovative applications at massive scale. Link in the show notes. Cloud Foundry Summit North America from June 24th through June 5th, just before our beloved field day. Field day! 2020, uh, be virtual, of course. Cloud Foundry Summit is built by and for the Cloud Foundry community. Whether you're a contributor committee building or committer building the platform or you're using Cloud Foundry to attain your business goals, Cloud Foundry Summit is where developers, operators, CIOs, and other IT professionals go to share best practices and innovate together. Link in the show notes. And Virtual LFN Developer and Testing Forum, June 22nd through the 25th, virtually, uh, will take place when you, because they can't convene in the same physical location at the same time. We'll use a combination of online tools to create a productive and interactive virtual meeting environment. As the principal technical event for the LFN, Networking projects, this biannual gathering provides the opportunity for each participating community to advance their project roadmaps and explore cross-community collaboration and integration points. And a link, of course, will be in the show notes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, and there's, there's lots of more virtual events coming up. There's even the, uh, open or what is it? The uh, ham expo that we talked about last time. Yeah, the Ham Expo, uh, Ham Live, yeah, Ham Live Expo. Ham Live Expo or something. Super Ham Live yeah. Expo. <laughs> Let me see if I can figure it out. It was mentioned last time. Uh, <laughs> right. There's information on the last uh, weekend or so. Yeah. Check that Four out. 4Z1UG, right? That's yeah, 4Z1UG from the QSO Today podcast. QSO Today. So that's probably something close to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> As Bill digs around, uh, yeah. well, well, Bill digs around on, on Google. Cheryl can actually start us off. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do have one more thing to hit before we get to this weekend hedonism. Um, the Linux in the Hamshack open source challenge. And I put in here, speaking of open source events, sign up for one of these several virtual conferences and learning opportunities that are sprouting up and learn something new or top up your knowledge in an open source discipline. Uh, the Hackaday conference and all these other uh, LFN networks and there, there's all kinds of other ones too. Red Hat, Red Hat is still doing something. The open source initiative is doing stuff. So I signed uh, up for the open JS. 
there you go. There's there's stuff happening. It's all happening virtually, and a lot of this stuff is turning out to be free. So now is the time to learn some things. So take advantage of it. And, and the thing I was talking about before is the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. Yeah, that's 2020. it. Yeah, so that's coming up, and uh, as, as uh, the sponsors are starting to pile in there, so I think it's going to be an event to to actually be attended. So uh, you might want to check it out, get those free attendee early bird tickets. Uh, um, as for vendors, eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, check out the links from show notes in uh, episode yeah. 348 and uh, get your free tickets. Absolutely. All right. So now we can dive headlong into what we've all come here to listen to, hedonism. And we always start off hedonism with Cheryl's Recipe Corner. And since she was working so diligently for so long over the last two weeks to compile this, we'll let her... <laughs> And the glare fest continues. Okay, so just go ahead and tell us what's in your recipe corner for tonight. Maybe I'm just going to make you do it. I've, I've done it before. You've made me do it before. Indeed. But you can do the, you can do my whiskey corner. I'll do your recipe corner. Whatever. <laughs> so this time I have decided to share with you a recipe for fruit hand pies. Um, I did this because Russ is a huge fan of the little glazed apple pies that are made by. Hostess. hostess oh i love yeah. love me those uh, <laughs> crappy store-bought hostess apple pies yeah. i love those things yeah, yeah he he loves those things so i'm gonna make him a few of these in hopes to keep him out of the convenience store and from buying those ugh, disgusting pies <laughs> so anyway um these are super easy uh you need fresh fruit uh apples peaches pears cherries strawberries whatever you want to use or you can use canned pie filling um, and if you use fresh fruit, you need some granulated sugar, some flour, some cinnamon, which is optional, and some lemon juice. If you use the canned, skip the flour, the sugar, the cinnamon, and the lemon juice. Uh, you need a couple of packages or a package of uh, rolled refrigerator pie crust. They usually come two to a package. Uh, you need some eggs, some water, and some coarse sugar to sprinkle on the pies, or you can make a really... Um, then confectioner sugar glaze for it, depending on how you want to do it. Um, other than that, you know, roll out your or lay out your pie crust, cut uh, three inch ish circles out of it with a biscuit cutter or a glass or you know whatever you have handy. Uh, put a little bit of the fruit in the middle. Put the pie back together. Crimp the edges so it doesn't leak out onto your pan and. Uh, Brush it with some egg water to help it brown and a little bit of sugar to help the egg will help the sugar stick to it and bake it for 15 or 20 minutes in a 350 degree oven. So they're really, uh, really quick and easy to make. So, so what, so when are you making these? I'll probably do them tomorrow. Okay. I, like I have bre- store bought pies. Those are great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are yeah. so good. It's kind of like if, uh, you know, if, uh, Krispy Kreme made pies, that would, that would, well, that's yeah. Exactly and, what and, like. Yeah. And that's exactly it because <laughs> it's got that horrible, you know, powdered sugar, watered down no, powdered like sugar glaze. glaze. Right? Yeah. It's like a glaze. Yeah. It's a glaze. Yeah. 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 But you just mix powdered sugar and water together to make a thin glaze and drizzle it over the pie. You know, interestingly, so. that sort of artificial sugar glaze is going to come up in my whiskey review. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, we were having this discussion a little while ago, weren't we? Yep. 
So, but yeah, no, I I have to make Russ uh, breakfast sandwiches. You don't have to make week. me anything. No, I'm going to make them, but I bought the ingredients. I just need to get in there and make them. Breakfast sandwiches, um, a, uh, pancake muffins with sausage in them. So, yep. Those, yeah. those are so good. Sausage on a stick with, uh, wrapped in, uh, pancakes. Well, they're dipped in pancake batter. Oh, dipped in pancake yeah. batter. And then you dip them in maple syrup and you have goodness. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, I'm looking forward to these, uh, these homemade artificial pies. They sound good. Well, they will be good. Okay. So moving on from that, we have my drink corner for tonight, which I filled out like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, but what I'm doing tonight is Wilderness Trail Kentucky Straight Rye. This is kind of interesting because I don't talk a lot about rye whiskey on this show. Uh, the only reason I'm talking about this one is because I happen to have a bottle of it. And the reason I happen to have a bottle of it is because I want it. <laughs> so... Uh, that's a nice way to get some alcohol. And I won it. It wasn't a sample bottle either. It was a full 750 milliliter bottle of the Wilderness Trail Kentucky Straight Rye. And so it turns out that that is a nice prize. And I'm glad that I have it here with me. And I will say that this is the second time I've had it. And it's much better the second time than it was the first time. Um, people, I, I've always gone back and forth on the idea of the neck pour. If you, if you're in any of the whiskey communities like I am, they talk about it all the time. No one seems to judge a whiskey based on the neck pour, i.e. the first pour out of the bottle. And I've always thought that seems silly because surely it's the same alcohol in the neck as it is in the, in the bottle. Um, but it's either a psychological advance, you know, a, a difference or there may be some actual you know, difference to, yeah, there may be some actual science to, um, that first pour being less than great, I guess. Uh, a lot of people can attest to it and I am not going to say one way or the other, but I did find that my second pour wasn't much better than the first. So that being said, it's kind of like, like the second glass of red wine is tastier than the first. Yeah. Or is it that you can't taste anymore after the first glass? Well, <laughs> I I don't remember how that works out. <laughs> this I only do three ounce pours when I'm doing pours, so I mean my second pour I wouldn't be blitzed or anything like that. So I don't think that would be the determining factor in this case. Um, but who knows? That's it's something for someone else to figure out. But anyway. Their description of their own whiskey is, Our Kentucky Straight Rye whiskeys are offered as a cast-strength release. Once our traditional sweet mash process is distilled in our column stills, we enter the barrel at the lowest entry proof we know of in Kentucky. We barrel at 100 proof and 105 proof to highlight the balance of the distillate and alternate solubility expression we get from the barrel in a lower proof. We also barreled at a gradient of proofs between 100 and 120 proof for our first few years before settling into 100 and 105. This is the reason you will find releases of our cast strength rye varying in proof. Our rye mash bill is one we created for a broader balance of flavor to offset the typical high rise commonly found. We use Kentucky-grown heritage rye from our local Kentucky Proud Farm. We enter the new air-dried number 4 53-gallon barrels at 100 proof and 105 proof for our rye whiskey and age until maturity in our barrel houses. We age our rye whiskeys on the upper floors of our rick houses for a minimum of four years with regular expressions expected to be between six and eight years. That's a lot of wordiness. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
my particular bottle that I received has a mash bill. Well, the mash bill remains the same. The mash bill is 56% rye, 33% corn, and 11% malted barley. The proof on this particular bottle is 56.5% or 113 proof. Uh, the Rickhouse information says it came from Rickhouse A-S03A0, uh, and this distillery is in Danville, Kentucky. The color on it is a medium amber, and I am discovering that I need to do a lot more experimentation with rye whiskey because I'm getting to like it a lot, uh, even to the point where I might be thinking I could prefer it to bourbon, which no, is... Let's not go there. <laughs> Oh no. No, but, let's not go there. Charles is not a fan of rye. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's but it's not. Well, I've got, I've got a couple of really good ryes and this is a really good rye. Um so the nose on this one is as you might expect uh full of rye spice because it is 56% rye. Uh but you also get some really nice mellow sweet flavors like butterscotch and I mean it's tons of butterscotch. Vanilla, and interestingly, separately, honey, like clove honey, and honeysuckle. You actually get the floral honey as well as the sweet honey. Uh, the taste on it also gives you that representative honey. You get a little bit of nutmeg and that rye spice, or some people might call it anise or even licorice, depending on how your profile deals with rye. Um, you get caramel. And as we just mentioned, that artificial sweetness, and I, I likened it to the the powdered sugar that you might get on a stick of bubble gum or something like that, but something that you might get off of uh, a store-bought confection like an apple pie as well. Um, you really get that sort of artificially sweet note sort of at the tail end of the taste. And again, when I describe these tastes, I don't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. So... Considering this is 56% rye, that 33% corn that's in the mash bill tends to bump up the sweetness here, and you you get a lot of sweet notes, and I find that really refreshing. And as that sweetness sort of evaporates off your tongue and your palate, uh, you definitely get some of the barrel spice, some of the oak wood notes from that number four char barrel, uh, lingering notes from the rye spice, a little bit of leather. Um, the honey is persistent throughout. Uh, from the initial taste all the way through to finish, and a tiniest hint of mint. And I find that that hint of mint in, in most ryes that I've tried. It's usually, sometimes it's present at the beginning, sometimes it's at the end, but it's usually in there somewhere. Um, as I said, I won this bottle, so I didn't buy it, but it uh, looks like in the marketplace, a typical price for this bottle is about $65. So if you can find it, you know, maybe you want to try it, maybe you don't, depends on whether you like rye or not. And, uh, as I said, I'm really starting to enjoy this. I'm going to take one more sip before I give it a final rating. But that sweetness really, really stands out and really makes me like this a lot. Let me pop the cork on it just because. Uh, it doesn't it. quite have the same tone as the uh, Jim Beam one. No, yeah. the Jack Daniels, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jack Daniels, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, just to say that I, um, I, I'm still not... I still don't like ryes as much as I like bourbons, but I'm I'm really coming around to them, and this might be one of the ryes that sort of sends me in that direction. But I'm going to give this one a pretty high rating, considering that it's rye, because it's really tasty. And the barrel proof kind of brings out all those flavors for me. So I'm going to give it a big 9-0, big 90. Ooh. So, oh. 
I'm enjoying this a lot, and I hope to enjoy it right to the bottom of the bottle. <laughs> All right. So that was the Wilderness Trail Kentucky Straight Rye. And Bill, do you have something? Well, I've been I've been busy this whole episode building WSJTX 2.2.1 from source. Yeah. <laughs> and it finally finished right in the middle of your review. So I'm so happy that uh, to say that, yeah, you can build this thing from source and it actually works. So uh, Fantastic. there you go. But, but I'm I'm drinking uh I'm just having maker's mark tonight. So just plain old off the trail for regular maker's yeah, mark. Yeah, just play, well, I'm I I'm I do have coat uh, diet pepsi in there so <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah if you're mixing it yeah it makes her that's fine yeah yeah it's fine uh, earlier i had it with uh the bold ginger ale which was really good um i like maker's mark with ginger ale i think it's probably the perfect mixer with it but uh <clears throat> the diet pepsi is is what i'm using right now so that's 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 my ham radio drink tonight well last time i went to the store and picked up some stuff from uh, the guy who kind of gets me things he sold me a bottle of Maker's Mark RC6. It's a 2019 special release, um, barrel proof. And I got to tell you, that stuff is really, really good. And I will never review it because you cannot buy it. It is no longer available. It's unobtainium. It is unobtainium. So if I'll just put this out there, um, if anyone passes by this way and wants to sample some, I'm willing to give you a sample, but I will not review it, but I will give you a taste if you come by. So, and that goes for any of the stuff that's in my collection. Um, I, I would love to review some of these things that I have that are, that are so incredibly good, but there's no point in it. If the you person who hears it. the review can't go out and buy it. Right. So, you know, that's like the Glen Scotia 21 year that I have. It's like, I would love to review that and tell you how awesome it is, but you can't buy it. So why would I? <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Anyway, I think we've come down to the end of the show. Is there anything happening in the uh, chat? Doesn't look like it. Everybody's uh, drunk and falling over. <laughs> are they in the kitchen baking apple pies? Oh, right they might now, be baking so. apple pies. That's true. Yeah. Don, Don was wondering if you should just shake the bottle to, uh, get that uh the bottle level drink difference out oh oh to sort of uh get her, yeah Stir it swirl in around so there's no uh or do you like decant it maybe like a like a nice wine or something like that well i usually do decant it though that's the thing usually i pour it out and then wait about 10 minutes before i actually sample it, drink it right. i did that tonight and i did that initially when when Charlotte when i first got the bottle we tried it initially and um i don't know it just seems better tonight so well, it's better with company. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe it's just, yeah, that could very well be it. All right. Well, we have come down to the end of the show, but we want to make sure we mention all the folks who joined us here live tonight. We had Don KB9. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I was going to go out of order. What the hell? Close. Yeah, Don KB, KC9ZM. Yeah, we can just mash them all up. We've been doing that all night. So uh, so we have Don KC9YSI and KB2ZMY. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's probably those are real call signs, so that's yeah, probably gonna no. screw somebody up. <laughs> All right. So we have Don KB2YSI, Don KC9ZMY, Darren VK6EK, Tony K4XSS, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Oh boy, Teddy. he's probably gonna he's gonna come Woo. down here and kick my ass. Ted <laughs> WA0EIR and Paul K. The end of the booze show. It's getting worse, people. Come on. <laughs> Paul K5WMA from down in Louisiana. So all right. I bet his mom probably called him Teddy. He may. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. 
Oh, the, that my dad. Yeah, he, is, I think he's like called him Eddie. He's like 106 years old, so maybe so. Maybe he was named after <laughs> Roosevelt. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, God, rude. <laughs> I tell you, well, if he's going to come down here and kick my ass, it might as well be worth it. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that has been the 50th episode of the weekend, or episode number 351 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks everybody for being here. We appreciate each and every one of you. Hope you have a great two weeks, and we'll catch you on the next one. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info/lhslive. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.